1: Welcome back to another episode of La Tarte on location. Today, a comfortable location at a racetrack, actually at New Hampshire Motor Speedway for the cup weekend. And my guest, two guests. Well, one guest and one I'm going to call him a co-host. My guest, Steve Myers, and I'm impressed. I'm going to make sure I get this whole title in. Executive Vice President. And executive producer of iRacing. Did I get it all? You did. You got it. Right. I mean, do you have to have like an extra long business card? I or? do. It is. It is a little bit longer. <laughs> all uh, right. <laughs> all right. And my co-host. I'm going to call him co-host. Uh, my buddy, my teammate on NBC, Dale Earnhardt Jr. Dale, thanks for coming yeah, on, man. I'm excited about this. He's been giddy all I day, am. all day. <laughs> so listen, let's just start. Start with the, the beginning. I get so many questions. Um, iRacing. Just what is it, right? For the listener that doesn't know, help explain what iRacing is.
0: I think. Uh, Started a little bit further back, so um, I racing is sim racing, but sim racing really started in the late '80s. Um, our co-founder Dave Kemmer um, started a company called Papyrus Racing Games, and every well, I shouldn't say everybody. The NASCAR guys know it. Papyrus yeah. is like that's where it all started. Yeah. So we we started in the late '80s, or he started in the late '80s, and he made a game called Indianapolis Five Hundred: The Simulation, and it was like the first time that somebody made a PC simulation that the end user could use that kind of really tried to mi- mimic what happens in the Indy 500. And it was really successful. And then from there, in 93, uh, he did NASCAR Racing, which I think even still to this day is the most successful NASCAR title that was ever sold because there was no competition at that time. Right, right. You know, racing games didn't even really exist uh, that at that point. There was, you know, some small ones here and there, but it was really super successful and then we did an IndyCar title and we did that for all the way through 2004 and, and through the years David sold the company to uh, Sierra which was then bought by Vivenda Universal um, and in 2004 we had um, you know we were doing NASCAR titles exclusively at that time uh, in 2004 we lost the NASCAR license uh, to EA they got an exclusive license yep. to do it and so at that time, we kind of saw it, this coming, uh, and we'd been kind of talking uh, internally about, you know, what can we do, um, you know, next. And we had the good fortune of having John Henry, who's the principal owner of the Red Sox. So I want – let's just
1: make sure everybody hears that,
0: because <laughs> I hear this a lot.
1: So the principal owner of the Red Sox owns part of Roush Fenway. That John Henry Correct.
0: is the racing John Henry. Correct. And, and what's really interesting about that, so Dave, uh, John and Dave – uh, partnered together, and they started iRacing because John fell in love with racing because of Papyrus Racing Games. Like, he got into it uh, by in 2002 by being a fan of it, and he had a league, and he ran races, and so he, he was so passionate about it. Uh, his real vision was, in, and this is um, unbelievably to me, you know, 15 years later, right. that his vision was to create the virtual sport of sim racing, and so... That was his passion in this whole project. Dave's was again from twenty year plus right, years plus right. years of, of making simulation, that was what he was passionate about, making an authentic racing simulation. But John's was is like he wanted to create a sport. And what's so crazy about this now, fifteen <laughs> years later, right, right. you know, we we're in this world where everyone knows that as esports. And so we've started our company in two thousand four as an esport and we were the first company really doing esports. So it's pretty amazing. That here we are now. We, we have you know esports is our you know claim to fame.
1: So, but for the listener, it does have esports leagues where you can get all that. Yeah. But
0: anybody can do it, right? I
2: would, yeah. I would, I would say when I try to tell people about iRacing, I say, look, if if you want the most realistic opportunity at knowing what driving a car is like, right, in real life, if you want the most realistic opportunity to do that, it's at iRacing, and that's any kind of car you can imagine. They have. IMSA, IndyCar, F1, NASCAR, late models, legends, cars, modifieds—they've got it all. You know, dirt, asphalt, everything. Yes, and you know PC uh, is on, on the cutting edge of technology with with the CPU, the graphics card, all those—the th- graphics and the and the and the hardware. Is the best that you can obtain over console or anything else, and so the software is equally as impressive. Right, and this is the best racing simulation and the best racing software that you can buy, that you can have in your hands and you're in the comfort of your own home. So, when I try to, when when people ask me about you know what what's iRacing or why why should I be an iRacer why should I use iRacing. Or or my kid wants to start racing, right, or my, right. you know, So you know I want to get my kid involved. That's the that's the easiest avenue, really, sort of to get the basics. But if you just want to have fun, I mean, there's the every man on there every single night practicing racing. They have races going off every hour in in any car, any track combination you can imagine, and uh, you can host your own session. Yeah. You can put any car on any track. And have your friends, uh, JR Motorsports, our, our, our Xfinity team, they have a f- they have a league night where they all get together, <laughs> and the winner of each race uh, gets to pick the track, and the guy who runs second and picks the car. So they put any track with any car and have a race the next week. And so there's that that's going on every single night all around the country with thousands and thousands of all people all over the world, all right. over the world, right.
1: Yeah, and, and just because I want to help spread this because I love it. My son's been in it uh, for years. And, and let me go ahead. For a kid that races in real life and sim races, the escape button is the cheapest thing known <laughs> to man. And what I mean by that is when he makes mistakes and stuffles on the escape, you get a brand-new car, yeah. you can go back out practicing. Saves me thousands of dollars. So I appreciate yeah. it. But when you talk about equipment, it, it's a console, pedals, and a wheel. Basically, it, you, you know. just
2: have to have the, the tower, the PC tower. Yeah. You have to have a reasonable graphics card and a CPU. And the, the graphics are quite adjustable to be able to, uh, you know, give you a great experience regardless of your system. You can have a, uh, you know, a single screen monitor, a 24 to 32 inch monitor is decent. Uh, you can go all the way up to triple screen or even virtual reality if you want to. I know a lot of guys that race on virtual reality headsets. Yeah, with like that Oculus yes. looking thing I've seen. And I've here. tried them and it's it's amazing. It's like sitting in a car. You <laughs> look around and it's, I've, I've sat in a race car. It is exactly like sitting in a race car. And you almost forget where you're at in reality. And uh, But but to go back to it, you just, a uh, steering wheel and pedals, there's right. all kinds of models to buy uh, from affordable to really extreme. And I've raced at a basic desk all my life. I right, know right. Everyone of, thinks yeah, you have this
1: fancy setup. You're at the basic. A lot
2: of guys have these sim rigs that are basically like a, a race car chassis almost uh, that they're sitting in, a pod, if you will, of uh, that's, fa- that's fabricated and made. Uh, that cost hundreds to thousands of dollars. I raced at a desk all my life. Um, I just bought my first rig. I just put sent a check, mailed a check in to buy my first rig <laughs> this past week. Uh, so you don't have to have that. Uh, you don't have to have triple screens or or the best graphics card to to go have fun and even yeah. be competitive.
0: And, and and you you hit the nail on the head. It, like most people have a computer at home that can run iRacing. Right. 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 Yeah. I remember – well so how I got started
1: is uh, you b- built a computer for Jimmy or someone because he was going to go run – this is how accurate I knew it was. When Jimmy, Jimmy Johnson. Yeah. When Jimmy Johnson was going to go run a sports car at the Glen, he was like, listen, man, just go run laps on this thing. Yeah. And, and Jimmy said it helped, and then – he being Jimmy mountain bikes and all that stuff he's like I don't really race anymore I was like well I'm going to go get that system and I plugged it in and I was hooked and I've been running ever since the unfortunate part for me is it just is one more tool to prove I can't drive yeah <laughs> that's the crushing part I wish it was a little less accurate one of
2: my favorite uh, analogies to be able to help people understand how how there's a you know there's a, there's the recreational fun aspect to i racing me you know I, I jump in the dirt car and i'm like oh this is cool this must be what it's like you know and have fun and get my butt kicked by those guys who drive them all the time but i went i used it as a legitimate tool when i raced and we were going to test at road atlanta oh yeah and i was actually going to help jimmy test he had a two-day test and it could only be there the first day and so i was going to run the second day and i'd never been around road atlanta in a race car and i spent the day before, for about four hours, running on iRacing, and when I got there and went out on the track, I ran times identical to what Jimmy had ran the day before, and the guys, right. I got out of the car and the engineer come up to me and said, "When, when's the last time you ran here?" And I was like, "I never ran here," and he's like, "What?" And I was like, "Yeah, I've never ran here," and he goes, "How'd you do those laps?" And I was like, "I've been on iRacing for a whole day prepare for this, and for a race, a real race car driver." Being able to get in in the simulation and, and fire up your computer and go drive at any track, it it is identical uh, to to the real thing. Paul Menard just recently this year used it for Sonoma to prepare, and because they're going to the Carousel for the first right. time, Never a new ran track, the, yeah, a new track. Go to Sonoma, they've got a new Carousel section that used to be that they've reincorporated incorporated into the racetrack, and a lot of these drivers, Paul included, he has a new sim that he bought, a new simulation rig. And he ran on i racing to get used to it. And they said, "How how good was it?" And he goes, "It's identical. Shift points, braking points, the visual, everything. When I went on the racetrack, I felt like I'd been there before, and I wasn't lost. I didn't have to figure it out. You know, I kind of had all the basics understood, and I was able to get right up to speed because there's so little practice on right. Friday or Saturday for those race weekends. And he had cut that learning curve in half." And so, for any driver, whether you're running even ovals, these guys in the K&N series, or that are going into the Xfinity cars, or going up in the going in the trucks, or going to these racetracks for the first time, to be able to get behind the wheel of those trucks, Xfinity cars, and and understand the power and the grip and all that, and go to these racetracks for the first time, it's it's immeasurable how valuable that tool is. I, I we know that Harrison Burton has a rig. Right. He bought that rig not for fun. He bought the rig because it's going to make him a better race car driver, and he wants to use iRacing. Uh, as a tool to get better,
0: and I think it was interesting. Uh, I mean, with the change in the real world, we're testing and yeah, right. Uh, you know, you can't you can't go rent a racetrack anymore and go test anymore. I so might I get in
2: th- trouble for saying this, but
1: <laughs> <laughs> those are usually
0: the statements right before yeah. the
1: best thing. So right. I'm, I'm all ears.
2: <laughs> I've been in a manufacturer sim. Yeah, right. And I would prefer iRacing over the manufacturer sim. You're not the only one I've
0: heard that from. Right. right.
2: I, I'm and I'm a, I'm a fanboy. I admit. I'm going to be in iRacing's corner on everything. But really, if I was to be presented with the opportunity to use one over the other, I would always choose iRacing because of how realistic it is. And you, I mean, for, for a guy who's been in the manufacturer sim and seen the software and understands how it works and how it performs, iRacing to me is hands down the most realistic thing that you can get your hands on.
0: Well, and we also have the advantage to that point too. Is like we probably have four times the budget that these manufacturers have to work on these sims because that's all we do. That was one of the (laughs) things that I told Steve that was
2: going to blow your mind. So um, I've because I used to always come to you and go, "Man, y'all need to make this track. Y'all need to do this car. Y'all need to do that. Y'all need to do that." And you finally told me how much it costs. Not only the legwork that goes into designing these racetracks, which I think is cool if you got a chance to. To tell us all about that, but like, if you wanted to make a, a racetrack from scratch, we're going to make New Hampshire. We're sitting right here from scratch. How much? Is, how much is that going to cost the company?
0: I mean, so this track is. It's probably a medium-sized track in terms right, of, right. you know, what, what size of a track. And this will still be a hundred to $150,000 for us to build this track. <laughs> and know. to design
2: a car from scratch, we're going to build a cup car, the Chevrolet Camaro.
0: Eighty dollars to $100,000 to do that. I tell you, a $12 download seems like a pretty good deal. <laughs> yeah. can, can you help
2: us understand where, where that is? expense comes from
0: so on the, for the tracks it's definitely in the artwork so like we are very very precise in like what we like to do on these tracks I'll, I'll tell you a funny story we did the Nürburgring which is like the biggest track in the world 14 something yeah. miles and that right? wasn't a hundred thousand how many track. miles is that it? one that one was probably a half a million dollar track you know was that right 14 miles 14.8 14. Uh, or something s- 16 14 or seven i don't yeah. know but there's so many, <laughs> you lot. don't want to be wrong the oh, sim world the sim oh, world out there i can't get around it the so sim it world matter. out there will <laughs> let you know
1: i admit, no, i can't make a long road course like that like i yeah. need my attention span i need less corners
0: <laughs> well so our, our guys are so they do things so perfectly we are, we went to the nürburgring for an event and uh, we'd have the sim set up and was the sim was still uh, the track was still in development and, and uh, greg hiller VP of Art and Production, was there and kind of demonstrating the, the track and, and flying around the track and showing these guys the track. And so there's this one, the, the last section of the track, there's a gas station that's on the other side of, the, of this fence. That okay. where the, um, and every, every spy shot you've ever seen of a car at the Nurburgring is taken at this gas station <laughs> because everyone has to go there to get gas. Yeah, right. And so uh, they go fly over to that gas station. And we fly over to the gas station, and they start laughing. And we're like, what are they laughing about? And they go, zoom in on that gas pump. And we zoom in on the gas pump, and there's a out-of-order sign. Yeah. And they're like, we cannot believe that you have the out-of-order sign <laughs> on a gas pump across That's the street. And he said, They said, Do you know why that has an out of order sign on it? We're like, no, we have no idea. We just, we right. just took the picture, we built yeah. it. And they go, Because if people just stop there to fill up with gas, nobody else can get into the gas station to use the pumps. <laughs> so they were blown away by it. But we do that for everything. That like ba- um, Bathurst down in, in Australia, yeah, right. we built. Like we have the prune farms, we have everyone, all the, the the There's houses that are around that track, so there's driveways, and they have unique mailboxes and tree stands, and we build all of that stuff. And so I think that that's the reason why that they're very expensive for us to build because we put so much detail. But
1: in that's them. what makes it different. Like when I go in and and log in, I now obviously I haven't driven like Dale Jr. But I have grown up at these racetracks. My motorhome used to sit in New Hampshire, right? I've driven through the tunnel hundreds if not thousands of times, yeah. and when you roll off into turn three, you're like, yeah, that's what it looks like. That's the stands, and that's the texture of the asphalt, the bumps. Yeah. Um, so, so talk about that. So the artwork is one thing, but then what makes sim racing so um, just accurate, right? We have tire data, car data, all that. Yeah. Where, who do you partner with? Where do you get all of those things to have all these cars and all this information?
0: One of the, the groundbreaking things that we did, and we were really kind of the first – game developer yeah. to to use laser scanners and so at the time like in 2004 we went and down to boston and we we met with this company that showed us how um there was the russell crowe movie master and commander and they um they took a laser scanner and they scanned like this shell of of a de- um, basically a boat that was destroyed for right. that time but they used that as the model to create the boats in the, in, the, in the movie. And so we were like, well, let's, let's use this for racetracks. And so we went and we laser scanned Limelight so Park. you know, normal people don't think that way. So that's <laughs> you know what we should do? Let's go scan some racetracks. So,
1: which well, I'm glad you're abnormal, but normal people don't think that way.
0: Well, so we, we took the scanner to a racetrack and we collected all this data. And then we took it home and we created tools that allowed us to recreate the track perfectly. So every curb, every bump in the asphalt every crack and painted line in the asphalt is all captured in the scan data and so our artists and our production guys take that back and they like exactly replicate the the tracks so that they're perfect um i I love to tell the story um the late justin wilson he was a huge advocate of ours and was uh, I, I love bringing the story up because it reminds everyone how great this guy was but right he helped us with the indycar and um we did the indianapolis motor speedway and we we um we were at an event and he came and, and he drove it for the first time and he's driving down pit road and he goes out at the pit exit and he pulls over and he stops and i'm like oh no what, like, yeah, right. <laughs> what did we screw up here and he goes i cannot believe that you guys have the bump that's at the exit of pit road like no you can't see it nobody else would know it except for the drivers that there's this bump there that in the indy cars if when you're coming out full throttle out of the pits you know y- you don't want to make a mistake on this bump because you're ending up out in turn one and there's cars coming 240 miles an hour yeah, right the and he was blown away by the fact that, that there was that bump there that nobody else would know was there and I, that was the moment where i was like we got something here. You know, like th- this scanning thing is going to really set us apart from everyone else. Now, if you're not laser scanning tracks, you're not making a simulation at this point. Right. It's video game. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah.
1: the difference. The difference between a video game and a simulation is is that. It's the data, the cars, the downforce, the tire data, so many different things. Um, how many? How many tracks are in iRacing? Oh like, do you dare, <laughs> come on,
0: man. How many well, tracks? I've how many cars you got? Now. I've yeah, lost track. Like, we're like over, well over 70. Um, I think we're over f- 30 something cars mm-hmm. now f- almost 40 cars i, don't, I I've, I've signed them all and i don't remember them all so <laughs> i i can't i can't remember all the tracks we have but we, we add about six to 12 tracks a year like a year we do the nurberg ring that was like a really big project no, that's so yeah it's one that's year's like project four, that's like four tracks in one that we did on that one but um so we only make like you know 6 to 12 tracks a year and like 8 to 10 cars a year so we you know we take our time we get them right we build relationships with manufacturers and race teams and and have friends that help us you know out <laughs> with, with their cars I've heard all the out. rumors. <laughs> I've heard the rumors of the cars like going out in the dark of
1: night to be scanned well, that, so that, that's it can a be story, So yeah. it can be accurate. <laughs> I've, listen, I've heard all these rumors. <laughs>
2: yeah, I mean there was a lot there was a lot of um you know of course when I was really
1: He's a little – he's not sure how he's going no, to do No, 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 no. I, I
2: mean, i got nothing to hide. I, <laughs> but, you know. Do you
0: remember the COT story? I mean, you too, you can go ahead and tell it. <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> it like you do. So uh, – Tony
1: Jr. told me it. Yeah, I so think I'll, why it was uh, going down.
0: Well, so it was funny. So when we first started the company, like, remember, like, back in, like, the early 2000s, um, you know – I'm not blaming EA, but EA broke the, the, the model in that they expect to write a big check to somebody and they get everything they want. Yeah, and, right. You know, but that's not how, that's how, not how this business should work. And so when we started this business, we, we've approached it as we want to create partnerships. We, we want to find companies that view this as marking as it is, that we're providing them something, but we all also want to, their help to build this content and to, to advertise their product. And so, um, we had, we had trouble in those early years to get, um, especially race teams, to let us have access to the cars, to laser scan them and, and photograph them. Can't imagine them. why.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and so we I think I was one of the guys who were like, <laughs> n- hell no. Uh, they're yeah. like, they want to do what? <laughs> It's a pound <laughs> sand. them to go down the street. They're not well, checking on my stuff.
0: Well, we need, We were having trouble when they switched the CO two right. because it was it was a late change and it was a lot of work for us to to um to to get the data. We couldn't find anyone that would help us. And we I asked them, hey, we need we need to get access to a car. And so I I only heard part of this after the fact. So I didn't really know everything that would happen. You <laughs> wanted plausible deniability. Like I don't want to know all the details. Just but, make it happen. So some so. A, sh- a hauler shows up at JRM yeah. in the, on the back, and, they, and the door, garage door opens and out rolls his, his, I think it was the Amp car at yeah. the time, rolls out. And like, it was like somebody had rolled a nuclear weapon <laughs> in, into <the> JRM shop. <laughs> I guess there was people scattering like all yeah. over the place. They're like, what? I don't want to be part of this. What is that? Someone's getting here? fired. I know nothing. <laughs> and so we, we laser scale the car. We photograph it. And then we put it on a chassis dyno. And I guess back in those days, that was like a, yeah. probably oh, yeah. still a pig now no So I guess the engine tuner set it up on the car, got everything running, and he's like, I'm out of here. I have nothing to do with this. And so we, <laughs> we sound recorded it, we scanned it, and we photographed it. Well, come to turn out and find out, I guess Tony Jr. just quietly put yeah his California backup car on the hauler to bring it over. And so I guess they were looking to load this thing up to take it to California, and they can't find the car. (laughs) So I had this –
1: because something else came up at a meeting I was in, and I had a question. He was like, hey – if you hear anything about this, you don't know anything about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, was like, hey, I don't know anything about anything. So
0: I think they actually damaged the side skirts. Probably. On when they put it on the chassis yeah. dyno. And I guess your body shop guys were out there <laughs> fixing it before they put it back in the trailer. <laughs> oh. yeah.
2: So they had to have it on the chassis dyno to run it to get to record the sound, to get right. the authentic sound yeah. of the motor. And um, I was, you know, I knew that iRacing was scanning the car to put it in their system to so that all these sim racers would have it right, yeah, right and they were right. going to be rejoicing you know? yeah right and so i knew there was no competitive uh information going anywhere to the wrong people and uh so i did everything i could at every opportunity i could i mean i'm talking engine numbers torque horsepower right um, there was a lot of you know NASCAR had all kinds of changes uh, from year to year, and I would try my best to supply them with the information to help them understand. Okay, this has changed the motors, and 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 peak power is now here and not you know not where it was, and trying to get arrow numbers so they could help help them you know tire numbers to get you know help with the tire model and all that. I, I mean, I can't even remember all the
0: well the, the emails
2: and one of the information that we sent.
0: Is that he actually brokered the first meeting between iRacing and NASCAR? Do you know yeah. this? So, we, so uh, you know, we just kind of started the company, and he he was kind of up to speed with what we were doing, and he he was actually on our competition committee for a while and helped us actually come up with a lot of the rules and things that we did um, when we started the pit. <laughs> you <didn't> know that <laughs> he yeah. told me one day. <laughs> he told me he goes, you know, the be- one of the best days of my life, and I'm like, you know, one two day
1: 2500s, so like it's gonna be pretty good. I got invited to be a beta tester for iRacing. It was <laughs> the like best it day was ever. it came in and it was like,
0: "Doh, I can't wait." This was great. Yeah. Well, he, I mean, he was so passionate about what we were doing and and, and you know, he he loves NASCAR too. And, and yeah, I right. think he you know, he he understood that, you know, this needs to work. This needs to be happening. So he got NASCAR to come to his shop. We all flew down on John's plane to come in the first meeting with NASCAR was in his board. At Junior Motorsports. And the funniest thing about that day, you being a Red Sox fan, is yeah, what happened during that day was Manny Ramirez got traded oh. on that day. So we're on the plane, John's like, you know, this is all happening. Like we're I'm sitting there like I can't believe that this is <laughs> happening, right? And so he kept getting Guys got a little, little something going yeah. on. And we were in this big team. John kept like, getting up. Yeah, he kept getting up, going out of the room, <laughs> taking <kept> call <laughs> phone calls. <laughs> it was funny. Trading
1: one <laughs> of the most famous, most popular Red Sox. At, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah So can, I will never deal. forget that day. It was yeah. t, uh,
0: July 31st. Was it 2008? or? Good Lord. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that makes it? me laugh.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like that all this stuff goes on. It's crazy. You talk about changes. So. How quick, you know, like our our jobs are now consumed by discussing changes, right? The garage area, downforce, power, NASCAR is doing all that stuff. How proactive do you try to be? So when you hear the new
0: rules for 2019, how soon does iRacing say we have to have this in our system? Immediately. We, we immediately start working on it. So this year was a, gr- a great example. And, and, and as I was alluding to before, like things are different now than when we first started. Like I think now <laughs> there's um, – we've – We've kind of woven ourselves into the fabric of motorsport to the point where I think now NASCAR views this as an asset and something that can help them, um, you know, get closer to their fans. And so, right, you know, this last year with the new rules package, we had all that stuff, you know, as much data as we could get. We were were getting from teams. We were getting it from NASCAR uh, because from our perspective and what's really great uh, with this year and, and you guys both know is the peak series. We're running the track. On the Tuesday before the actual race on Sunday, so we're in a lot of ways we're previewing what the action is going to be on Sunday, and so um, we so we really try to be proactive with. So the peak that. series you mentioned, I'm, we're going to get into the leagues and the series and
1: all the things going on. But the peak series is the top; it's the top stock car series, the top forty sim racers in the world. Dale uh, Junior Motorsports has a team in it. I have a couple cars in it. Um, I mean, you Dale name won it, the right? first
0: race. He won the first ever. ever. Ten years ago, right? Like e-sport NASCAR. Got so lucky
1: w- on fuel mileage. So how good is his eye I- rate? So so explain. It. So everybody in there has a rating. Yeah. So, how good is his rating, really? Uh, I don't, so You retired it. I retired
2: it just recently. Um, so, I'm starting a second account to start from scratch. You didn't yeah. want to hurt the rating? Yeah, he wanted I'm, to I'm keep so it bad that. now that if I went in <laughs> and tried to compete with that account, I would tank it. <laughs> and it's sort of like this achievement. Yeah, it's you up know? on the shelf. It's up know. on the shelf. It's in the and top 20. It's still or so in the now, top right? 50, yeah. easy. I in the well. world. Yeah. 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 And, um, you know, but, I mean, I've. I couldn't hold a candle to the guys in the Peak Series, much less probably half of the so half of the half of the act, you know the the active users. I couldn't hold a candle to them today. But so basically,
0: um, what well, it
1: so is the is Peak Series is Tuesday nights, yep. uh, kind of every other week. Um, it streams; people yep. can watch it. Yeah. There's commentators. Yeah, my it's a wife, broadcast. my wife is like, yeah. "What are you watching?" <laughs> and my son was like, "What you know? What is it?" And as soon as you log in, as soon as you get past. I think people have this mental block. be are like, well, but you know, it's not like this is racing. This is New Hampshire. I watch cars and this that. You, you get past all that. You are watching a race. Yeah. You are watching talented. They side draft. It looks. I mean, as good as what you see on Sunday. It's crazy.
2: Yeah. yeah, there's tens and tens of thousands of users, and these are the best forty oval
1: racers on asphalt mm-hmm. in the service. I mean, these guys are elite. Well, my driver, Chris Shearburn, he said, Shearburn is a driver? He was around like in the Papyrus days. Yeah. Yeah. He's been driving these things. Right. Yeah. There's a
2: couple guys that have, have real reputations that are, that are 10, 15, 20 years old yeah. in, in the sim racing community. Right. Shearburn's one of them. Brad Davies that drives for us has been around forever. And then there's the younger guys that are dominating the, the series over the last couple of years. But they're elite. They're the best of the best. And it's it's hard, I think, for the layman to – understand well what sets them apart you know what makes a guy better than another guy um but it's just like i would you know when i raced it's practice it's, it's repetition it's doing it putting the time in adjusting your car to your setup and your 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 feel and what you like Uh but these guys put in the hours that it takes the laps that it takes to be able to get out there and and be perfect every lap that was what i i would be so amazed by is that they could run the best lap over and over and over and you know and even you know i got pretty good at it at one point but i couldn't do the same thing every single lap you know and i couldn't in the real world either
1: yeah but i mean it, it, that's and that's like i would i joke but that's the problem i have with it is it's too accurate yeah right like and my point is that uh, that I have been fortunate to work with the best drivers in the world. So I can see what Dale has done and Jeff Gordon has done and I get in there and every corner I butcher and I'm like that is awful. Yeah. And then the worst part is I can change the camera angle and see how bad I butchered it. And I'm yeah. like oh you're not even close to what you're trying to do here. It, it's so frustrating. So I I stick with fixed setups. Yeah. Um Yeah. I mean, it, you know,
2: that, I think that's the that's also, you know, if you look at the peak series, it's extremely intimidating. Oh uh, yeah, right. Yeah but there's a lot for a guy like me who's basically starting from scratch starting over with with no ability no understanding of the, how how the you know how the cars drive and all that and the grip and really starting from scratch you know there's there's places where you can go and be competitive they have fixed series where basically there's no setup adjustments that's done for you you hop in the car and you race and everybody's got the same basic setup that you have and it's just driver versus driver and there's a there's a there's a ladder a tier
1: you right. know that you work in yeah, the bottom 20 are out. Yeah. yeah which i love like right well that, he, it's so good right a
0: good point like so a lot of these racing games, they did it wrong. Even at Papyrus, we did it wrong. Like the average person can't jump into a a, a Monster Energy stock car and get it around the track. Like, so when we started the company, we said, "Well, what's?" teach people how to race and, right. and, and that's classes kinda, of licenses yeah and i mean that's the basic core of it back to your original question which is you know we t- keep track of everything you do in the sim like every time you spin every time you hit the wall every time you hit somebody else and um, that's called your safety rating so basically no, we basically, don't yeah. we don't really care we don't really care how fast you are we care how safe you are like racing and in racing video games in general um What's very different about this than any other type of video game is if you and I go play Call of Duty, if I stink at it, it just affects me. Um, If you go out onto a racetrack and somebody is terrible at it, it ruins the experience for everyone. Right. Um, and so, what we try to do is start people. You start in actually Dale's street stock, uh, which we scanned, we built. <laughs> you start in that on the ovals, and then on the roads, you start in an MX5 Miata uh, uh, Cup that car. That Miata, me and that Miata, man, we got some hours. I've so logged you learned, that. Yeah, you yeah. learn how to drive. You learn how to race around other people at that level. And as you prove that you're sitting, you know, a safe driver, you sh- you graduate up to being able to run late models, modifieds, and Formula One cars and Monster Energy Cup cars. Um, so, but we like to pace you out and kind of teach you and, and allow you the chance to grow in to be able to do that.
1: And there's that community of it, you know, so I wish I had more time to play, but when I'm in there, you know, you do a couple nights in a row and you start to see a lot of the same people. They know who you're racing with, who you're not racing with, um, so it's it's I'm working hard on my my dirt license. I'm awful at dirt, me too. But I mean, it's <laughs> I am too.
2: I'm I've start that's been sort of my challenge uh, over the last year is to sort of get my dirt license up to something respectable, and that's it's been fun. I'm, like I said, I'm retiring my old oval guy. I'm gonna start a new account, I'm starting from scratch, and uh, and I love that, that you know the milestones, the mm-hmm. the you know having a goal, wanting having you know I gotta run this many races do it safely and smart, finish well, and then I get to graduate into another car right, right, and, right. and run, the newer, run newer tracks, and, and uh, all these things start opening up and unlocking as you move forward.
1: So you mentioned John Henry had the vision of eSports back before there was perhaps eSports. Who at the company has the vision when, when – so I'm the consumer – and forever it was asphalt. You, you listed all the asphalt cars. But then all of a sudden I see this dirt world, right? So I, I'm fortunate. Um, uh, so let's talk about beta testing beginning of this. So I was fortunate because it started to come out. Some people got to test it a little bit. Like who at iRacing says, you know what? We need to tackle dirt. Like that's a big project.
0: Yeah, so it's interesting. It th- that's a uh – there's multiple ways to answer that question. What 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 really started that? Is actually was a conversation with him. I I, rem- I remember this. I'm starting to realize that <laughs> you cost Jen Henry a lot of money. <laughs> you well, had a lot of good ideas. Well, he's one of the things that he he one of the times he came to visit. Um, you were sitting down with Dave and um, and I, I don't know if this is something that you really talked a lot about at that time, um, which was we were we were talking to you about the track surface and. And you were talking about how people have this misconception that I go to the top of the track because, um, you know, there's grip or or that rubber on the track was the reason why people were fast. And you came in and you said, I go to the top of the track because there's no heat in the track there and there's no rubber on the track there. And then I can I can get around the track quicker and nobody goes up there. And so it's like my own clean track for me to run in. And so it. That really got the balls rolling for me where we have to do this dynamic track project. And so that was about three three years ago. We finally got to it. That was about eight years ago he told us that. Um, but we finally got to it about three years ago. And so what we do now is wherever – the car is on a track we're keeping track of how much heat is going into the track how much rubber is going into the track so that when you watch these guys on tuesday nights in the peak race you'll see them start the race at one place on the track and the track will rubber right. in but then as the race progresses you'll see them moving around trying to find those cool spots on but the and track
1: and if people listening think that's oh that's a sim thing Every high-end team in that garage area has an infrared shot of this racetrack through the entire race. Like, this is not new technology. This is just something that you felt like, okay, this has to be – if we're going to go to a racetrack and the best in the world are going to move around – if it's going to be simulation racing, yep. then you have to n- need to move
0: around on those tracks. We well, even put marbles on the track. If you go off track and you pull the, get into the dirt and you pull that onto the track, it's affecting the grip on the track. And so that once we've done that, then our customers, I mean, w- as a business, we we like to listen to our customers. Yeah. As you know, it's a membership-based product. And so... You know, we feel like our customers should have a say in yeah. what we do because we want to make them happy. We want them to keep, you know, paying for the subscription and, and and enjoying the product. And so they really wanted dirt. And so we, you know, we got to a point where we're like, you know, okay, now we have this dynamic track project done. We can do dirt. And so we then have now put it. So um, at that point, we actually did an April Fool's Thank joke God. about it.
2: I was going to add to. I was going to add to the answer, like you said, the the. When you when you said whose vision was it to bring in dirt? Yeah, right. I think it was customer base. Yeah. Right, you know, right, they, right. They really drive a lot of the demand for new content. How and many customers?
1: How many pe- how many members you have roughly?
0: We've got over three hundred and fifty thousand accounts now. Um, what's interesting about our service is that it's membership based. So, like, you can come. And, like, Dale, he raced for eight years, and then he took a break, and he comes back, and all his stats and all of his content, everything like still left. there. Right, right, um, right. So right now we're about 89,000 active users, um, wow. which we, we grow by, you know, fifteen twenty thousand 20,000 customers a year, which is pretty exciting.
1: That's, yeah, I mean, I think it's great. And dirt, uh, my, I told you I can't get my kid back to the asphalt. He goes in there in the dirt, and he just races it. Yeah. And, if, and if you've never played, you need to go on and log on because when I say dirt – The cushion moves. The bottom slicks off. It is well. I think it does. I can't run long enough without wrecking to know that the bottom slicks off. But it looks like it's going to slick off when I watch my son run.
0: It definitely does. And what's really so? After we did the dynamic track project, um, we said, you know, the customers really want dirt. Let's do dirt. And we actually did. We announced it on April Fool's Day, which was another (laughs) fun thing about it. We did it because people have been begging it, begging (laughs) for it for (laughs) two years, and they were like, "Wait a minute." (laughs) We don't buy day. this. We don't buy this. So we, we did it on April Fool's Day, and they all lost their minds because, like, we made it funny. Like, we had a guy dressed up in a lab coat at a dirt track with a magnifying glass, and <laughs> he's t- tasting the dirt. Oh. <laughs> so they can't tell if it's a joke or not, and the joke was that it wasn't a joke. And so, um, you know, but it, it, it was, turned out to be a huge, huge thing for us because what, what we didn't really kind of factor in is that it was a really underserved market in the space. Like, there hasn't been a dirt racing oval game um, ever really made in the last 10. I remember Dirtbag or yeah. Ratbag. The ones that right. had
2: been made, people just devoured. Yeah. You know, right, there was right. Dirt Track Racing 2, and uh, there was some really well-done games back in the day, but, like, you, you know, there was nothing current and yeah. nothing new and, and nothing that was going to be able to provide, like, like iRacing could with multiple tracks and different types of cars. You know, iRacing comes out with dirt. Now, how many cars on dirt side? I don't even know how many you got.
0: I, th- I think we've got, like, three, uh, like, six sprint cars. We've got uh, yeah. the three different late models. <laughs> we've got modified. Yeah. So we have midgets. We got, I mean, we've got everything that you pretty much want to race on dirt ovals we have. Well, um. your marketing worked out well because I watched the Chili Bowl and your cars battled
1: yeah. uh, with uh, Kyle Larson and Christopher Bell. They battled one, two, both iRacing cars. Yeah. So uh, that whoever thought that was a good group to sponsor had that figured out pretty we well. But I had, I had to imagine like, <laughs> like Keith Coons and a group like that, they have to help you develop. You mentioned about scanning cars, right? Well, he has –
0: Almost every car you just mentioned. Well, what was interesting is uh, Christopher Bell, was, he was into the pavement side. He was into iRacing. And then when we, we said, hey, we're building dirt, he's like, whatever you need, I'm going to help you with. Because he's really right. passionate about dirt. And I'm, I'm not joking. He probably put 40 to 80 hours of testing in with our vehicle dynamics guys, who all of our vehicle dynamics engineers, I have one, one guy has come from Penske, one guy right, came from right. RCR, um, you know, another guy came from Formula 1 and IndyCar. These guys are, you know, worked on race cars, understand race cars, and so they know how to talk to a driver to get feedback on what the car is doing. Uh, and so Christopher Bell was huge in helping us get the dirt to where it is. I've always said this, and, and I want to see if you feel a responsibility for
1: this or an opportunity for this, you know, the challenge of auto racing. Not NASCAR. Auto racing in general. IndyCar, drags, it doesn't matter, is that every kid that goes to school dribbles a basketball. Mm. Every kid that goes to school throws a baseball. Every kid unfortunately doesn't get the opportunity to go to the rental go kart track. I mean it doesn't have to be this level racing. And I see that sim racing is that door, right? It's that it's that mechanism for anyone anywhere that has internet access can go and learn about racing, can drive, can host with their buddies, can fall in love with what, I'm, listen, I've made a living. I love racing. You love it. You love it. I mean, your stuff, I read all yours. I mean, it started early in life for you, your love of cars, your love of racing. I think iRacing has that opportunity to bridge that gap.
0: Yeah, it's a good point. And why I always like to say the story, like, if you, if you go and play LeBron James in NBA yeah, 2K19, right. you might be able to beat him. I I can almost guarantee you, you couldn't then go onto the basketball court and even have a chance of making a layup. Um, I think what's really unique about racing is that you you are doing you're you're doing all the same muscle memory right. moves that you would do in a real race car, and sure, there's not the dangers, there's not the heat, there's not the expense, there's not you know uh, failures and all the things that could. You, you know, just eliminate a lot of the good, a lot of the stuff you want to eliminate. Yeah, so that's yeah, not yeah. a bad <laughs> th- <laughs> that's not dangerous. It's not that expensive. Yeah, <laughs> but all right, you get my vote. But at the end of the day, like, and, and I've always felt like this, even back in the Papyrus days, that I always felt like it was something that could help find talent mm-hmm. could uh, cultivate talent and that could be something that ultimately is a pathway into racing and i think now here we are you know 20 years later and that's it's absolutely true
1: so i challenge all my guests because normally we end up talking about all the good stuff everyone has their story what's the one thing if you could go back in i racing and say we complete this was wrong completely mess mm-hmm. this up
0: the, the one thing you could go back and change what would it be you know uh, uh, I've heard your podcast, and I thought I I this. You knew this was coming. (laughs) uh, Because everybody can't talk about the good stuff. Yeah, I would say, you know, that I think I wish we'd we'd hired more engineers sooner. And and I think, actually, Kelly um, had a really good point last year at Homestead um, at at the press conference after Tyler won, where she she made the point of, like, you know, we're a small company competing against these big teams, and that, you know, my, the crew chief comes to me and says, I want these three, four things, and she has to make that decision and go, okay, pick two of them. Right. Um, you know, I think when we started as a business, we kind of took that same approach. You know, like w- we've been in this business for now over 30 years if you count, day, you know, days yeah, right. full time. And, like, and the I, Dave I, just to make
1: sure all the listeners follow along. So Dave came from Papyrus. He correct. is when you look at eye it's John Henry and Dave who came from Papyrus. So his experience, yep. is is lengthy.
0: But I mean, I, I think we I, we've always had a cautious approach on when it what, how we expand and when we expand because in in this industry, I mean, in the time that I've been doing it, there's been four companies that have done NASCAR. Console games—it's mm-hmm. a really, really tough business, and so like you have to make good decisions with your money. And I, and I think maybe we were a little too conservative in staffing up in the engineering department uh, in those early years. But I think we also had the approach of you know the thought of wait, we want to do this forever. We, right, you know, right, we, right. Don't wa- we don't we don't want to be a, a you know a company that crashes and burns because we expanded too quickly.
1: Well, so I challenge, and I have this conversation a lot: um, console versus sim. And and I just my personal opinion is that. They are not the same, and they should be marketed. They're, they both are needed, in my mind, but they're very different. Like, I don't think they compete against one another. I use my son as an example, right? He has his racing buddies. They want to race. They're racing. They like the, what you just said, all the muscles, everything of racing, their skill sets show up. Then he has a, a, bunch, a group of buddies that are frustrated with sim racing because they don't have yeah. any sort of background, and they don't want to put the time in. And I think their console game does exist for those guys to still understand right. – green flag, checker flag, yellow flag like racing. And I yeah, think they both can exist well, but they're very different.
2: I'll say this, like there's <coughs> so there's a game called PUBG's uh sh- first person shooter game it's very popular. It's on PC, it's on console, yep. it's on the iPad, PUBG Mobile. Me, I prefer PUBG Mobile on my iPad. I got friends that beg me and tell me I'm crazy to play on the PC but i like the the ease uh, right. of the being able to pull out my ipad and play it anywhere anytime anywhere i want mm-hmm. and i'm not getting that far that much further into it that's as far as i want to go in that world i feel like that's the same way with with console versus pc there's some people that love the ease of firing that console up jumping on and they don't need all the bells and whistles right. and maybe they're not looking for that ultra realistic experience and that's fine there's a demographic uh, exactly. that, that serves that serves that very well um you know but if you are out there trying to get the most realistic experience that's where it's going to be it's going to be all in on racing and
0: yeah i mean i, I think well
1: i appreciate your opposite approach yeah. so i like both and and my point is when i'm all in when i want simulation i don't want half simulation yeah. right and i'm i'm on there now and i can feel a tire model change an aero change i like to play with the setups uh i mean it's it's it, the limitation in my iRacing experience is the guy holding the wheel. <laughs> if, I, if I had a professional driver, I think I could do better.
0: You know, we, we have, in a lot of ways, tried to make it more accessible to people. Uh, you know, we're working on adding AI into the sim so mm-hmm. that, you know, there's there's certain intimidation factor of going in and racing against other people yeah. um, from all over the world. I actually, it's funny. I, I never even played multiplayer Uh, race games until I got to Papyrus. The first time I ever did a multiplayer race was in a beta testing night. Uh, So I started at Papyrus as a tester. So my whole job was to go and work every day Gosh. and drive the sim. I mean, I would do tire and fuel runs my and every goodness. track, and, and that was my job. And so, Where we,
1: do you sign up for this job?
0: Like <laughs> I, t- I took one. a $40,000 pay cut and like, changed my whole cool life now. to now. do it. Doesn't it doesn't sound <laughs> as cool now. <laughs> you but lost me. The first multiplayer ra- game, I, race I ever played was when we did a test night, and you were, he was in the testing that night. Oh I was no. like, here I am. like My first <laughs> time I've ever done <laughs> multiplayer and Dale juniors in the in the sim, and I'm like, what? What am I doing here?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I was probably asking myself the same thing. I hope yeah. I
0: don't embarrass myself. <laughs> These guys made the game,
1: <laughs> but they gotta but be good. <laughs> but
0: that's why we're we're adding AI because we know that that uh, you know it will make it an easier transition for people that aren't kind of yeah. used to simulation and, and getting into it. The
2: intimidation factor from multiplayer is real. Like yeah. I, I've had that as well on on console with Madden. Uh, Dude, just I get
1: sweaty, but what are you talking about? We roll yeah. around. I'm a big ledges car, fixed setup ledges car, right? You go to Thompson, you roll around there. Pace car pulls up, hands get a little sweaty. Like this first corner, I can't mess this <laughs> up. I gotta get you in there. You know, those are real people, <laughs> yeah, in the cars around. Like you. If I hit this guy, he's gonna be pissed. But I can't let him go. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's serious. And then, and your real, your name
2: is. Yeah, there. Oh, they yeah. know it's oh, you. Yeah, like no, in iRacing, racing, yeah. you know.
1: You know, the, I don't I, the little uh, chat bar down there. Yeah, you know, yeah. like it was like, oh, Steve, it's so cool, you're in here. now I'm sweating more. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I'll give
0: you a suggestion. Turn off the voice chat because then it just yeah, makes oh, your yeah. life much better. Yeah, I have to turn off the voice chat for sure. That that I don't belong there at all. Um, we've talked
1: all about it. So we talked about the peak series. Let's talk about okay, the, the the user as far as logging, I get all of that. But now let's talk specific esports. I want what I don't get the biggest regret question. What's that? Oh you know yours is go- oh go ahead. Oh did I get no you it? go okay. ahead. What's your biggest so he My biggest, biggest
2: regret in my eye racing g- life. Come on. And I was dying to bring this up because I his <laughs> this has been following me around like a dark cloud ever since it happened but so i'm in, i'm real big time invested right i'm i we're i'm on the committee we're talking we had this call in every week and they're going over the idea of how to do things and change things and i'm on, i'm like yes this is awesome and and i'm heavily invested and i got so invested that one day i emailed dave and i think i copied you on it and i ranted about <laughs> How the so there's these baseline setups, that he's laughing because he knows what this is. There's these baseline setups that come with each track, right? Right, right, sort of get you a, a, a decent place to start. And I was and I had it in my mind, I was like, these baseline setups aren't good enough. The people that come in here, brand new, don't know what they're doing, are jumping in these cars, and they can't be competitive because these setups are so far off. I was like, y'all got to make these setups better and faster and get them closer. Get these people where they're gonna have some fun. They're gonna get in here and go, this sucks. I'm dead. I'm, I'm I get in a practice and I'm four. I'm half a second off. Right, right. But it was a very wild email <laughs> that I sent to Dave, <laughs> to and, the owner. Yeah. And I'd reg- that was probably my biggest regret. Did,
1: did, please tell me he gave you, like, a really simple response. Like, okay, we'll, we'll give it. He a prob- probably he still has the email. He
0: probably didn't read it, to be honest with you. Dave doesn't check his email. Right <laughs> <off it>. let's, <laughs> hope, let's hope <laughs> that it's long gone out of the system. I'll, uh, I'll go back and ask him and see if he still has that. No. <laughs> oh, yeah, dig that up. We're going to have to post that. That is outstanding. Oh, yeah. uh, well, At least
1: it wasn't anything on the track. A,
0: you, but it is a fair point. Like, because um, we ship those setups, like, we try to find a setup that kind of is, like, in the middle because we don't want it to be really loose and, and people are wrecking and then we don't want it to be really tight because then yeah, they're right, plowing right. and it's it's a tough topic because it, it is kind of subjective in that some people like to drive a certain way and all of that translates into the sim and so but that's what's nice about having fixed setup series and no matter what everyone's got to run that yeah. same setup so you can just jump in and everyone's got to deal with it the same way see i so i'm i'm
1: uh, i don't think i've had this conversation with you yet or i know i haven't but i am team uh Smaller setup options, I'm ready oh, for the league Mark told okay that see so so yeah. I'm a big fan because I don't want my fear is um so I love racing and I'm gonna raise my hand and say I'm one of the guys that have ruined this, and that's the arms race of technology right being smarter more laps better setups so it's like I love what iRacing is I love that I can mess with the setup and I'm like take twenty of the knobs away yeah you know make it a little less. Uh, time sensitive because it has yet to get real carried away, but I'm like, man, one of these 20-year-old kids that has no nothing else in his life, he's gonna just kill us all with time commitment. And yeah. I know these guys already do it. The time they put yeah. in is unbelievable.
0: Yeah. What well, my response to Parker when he uh, brought this no. up to me was, well, instead Parker of looking, as, yeah, yeah, instead of uh, viewing that as a negative, why don't we elevate? These guys that are really good at doing setups. Like, why don't we create crew chiefs and engineers? <laughs> yeah, well, hey.
1: I did tell, uh, I, I so I'm going to say it on here, and it's going to, and I'm, I'm going to tell you about which that, one of my drivers. The only
2: thing about that is, you know, the terms to like, what you call, you know, a, ter- a track bar. In, oh, I know. Yeah, like The yes. terms are different depending on the geographical location. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and you You got racers all over the world, and, and you're like, well, listen, so I, bar. I don't know what that is. I guess <laughs> we call it a track bar. And
1: so I, I'm not going to tell you which one of my guys, but one of my guys in the Peak Series, we were watching a race, and I felt bad. It's kind of my biggest regret when the race was over, and I didn't ask. I should have said, hey, who's your crew chief? Who's helping you call the race? Instead, I'm like, I don't know who's helping you call the race, but he sucks. <laughs> and then one of my guys was like, well, he's my buddy. I'm like, oh. So then I was all in, so I'm like, well, he's just not good. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, so why don't we do the next one? You put him on the phone with me because, like, he was pitting. I'm like, and, and uh, like, I feel like a team on him. I'm like, why are you pa- I'm yelling at the screen. Why are you pitting? Yeah. What don't you understand about fuel mileage? I was so mad. <laughs> so then I did, and then so I fired one of those off. I'm like, well, your crew chief sucks. Yeah. Well, he's a good friend of mine. You're invested. Oh yeah, yeah, and at that point I couldn't back down. I'm like, yeah. well, he sucks. I'm sorry he's your buddy, but he's not good. You've got to teach him how to crew chief So, so I was going to so the peak series, and then I see you have the Porsche like. John Henry's vision was esports. Yeah, you didn't create esports; you created sim racing. But now, fifteen years or whatever later, you now have all of these esports. Is it what you hoped? Is it what you expected? Like, so you have the NASCAR funnel, right, with the peak series. Just explain everybody the different funnels you have of these leagues and series.
0: So, you know what 's really again so cool about this place we are right now is that you know everyone now knows what eSports is, like all of these right, sponsors right. every sponsor in this garage right now knows what eSports is and and what 's really really cool is you know teams now are are presenting these you know sheets now of what what are the, what kind of things can we do to get you to, to be a sponsor mm-hmm. and one of the big things that everyone keeps stomping on is eSports because yeah, right. That's what everyone's seeing. That's how p- you get in touch with the younger generations. And so what's really cool is now we have, like, World of Outlaws um, is s- totally into it. Like, we're on their, their, their streaming platforms. Um, they are promoting – we have um, the late model and the, the sprint car – uh, late model series with them they're Yeah, watch the last late model race. What a battle. Oh, I mean. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> <They're>, those <laughs> guys are so Sly talented. Slide job I mean, yeah. after yeah. slide job. I cannot believe how talented those guys are. So we got World of Outlaws. We have Porsche um which is really cool with Porsche is that we you know they have their one make series um all through the world where they race the the cup cars. And the what we've done is recreated that series in iRacing where you're driving the Porsche Cup car, which is their most important race car to them because mm-hmm. there's a series in every con- every continent of the world where they're racing these cars. And so now the champion of our Porsche eSports series is going to get recognized at a night of champions in Germany. That's That's they're so going to cool. get a, a huge check. I mean, it's, it's really... Okay, go back.
1: Check. These guys are racing like this is professional. I the mean, guy
0: that wins the Peak Series gets... Forty grand plus whatever winnings that he brings home. So uh, uh, That's why I told g- my guys, "Crutchy sucked." So yeah, real deal. Like I want my guy to win.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, through all. Of, so we have the, the two World of Outlaws, the the peak series. We have the NASCAR series. Mm-hmm. We have uh, gro- global rallycross series where you're r- racing rallycross cars. Um, you know, we and technically, I guess the Ignite series, and then we have yep. the uh, Explain uh, USAC the Ignite series, series which yeah, I yeah, think is yeah. fascinating.
1: And now don't bring it up because I'm going to get a rant. I've got a rant <laughs> too. dead. So so go ahead, tell the story. Why am I
0: in trouble for the Ignite Series? So Ignite Series is a NASCAR youth initiative to try to, to cultivate talent uh, to get them into the into their their foot into the door of racing. And so it's 13- to 16-year-olds, and they can come on online, and they're racing Legends cars, where and then ultimately I think they're going to end up in the championships. They'll run the, the Modified, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they are competing for – uh, prize money but also the 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 end result is uh, a test in a legends car and a pinty car and you know so this is their way to trying to, to to cultivate new talent coming into you know getting interested in racing to to your point uh, you know previously that you know there isn't a stick in you can't go to the gr- you know the sports store and buy a race car right to, to right. go run around in your 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 front yard i mean th- this is the way that they're viewing to try to get younger and to try to cultivate new talent, uh, so that's what the. W-
1: when when am I going to see the NCAA iRacing League? Come on, like when is UNOH going to line up against UNC? Going to line up? You wouldn't up? be
0: surprised. There's actually now esports leagues inside of colleges. Where, uh, there isn't racing as of yet. We've had I've had some discussions with some of these organizations that are doing it, but there absolutely is esports now in the collegiate level. I'm telling you, that's <laughs> that's where. Because then you get
1: alumni. That it's just. Yeah. It's totally different. So I got a few random questions I want to know. So the iRacing logo is awesome. Is it one perfect person? Like in the NBA, it's Jerry West, right? Like yes. Like is is the iRacing logo a race car driver? It is. Is, can, is it public knowledge or no, no? It's not
0: public knowledge. Okay, but
1: that is a real. That is, is that
0: is a celebration of Does a race. Does anybody car know who it is? Um, I, well, so they <laughs> our customers. What's really cool about our customers is that. Our product, I, I view it less as like a, uh, a, a game and a, a piece of software. It's like community. I mean, so these guys are, uh, even back in the Papyrus days, it was funny. I was talking to one of the Vivendi people who, they, they hosted all the forums for our, every game that Vivendi had made. And they told me once that the, our customers generated more traffic to our forums in one month than every other game that they had under their umbrella combined for the year. So our customers are super passionate. They love talking, racing. They love coming in our forums. And so they'll... I'm sure you could find three different threads in our forums. Them talking about who is the driver that's in the (laughs) picture. (laughs) And I know I remember seeing it. And I remember somebody did in fact figure out who it was. When we we never confirmed it, but they had a picture that was almost. I think it was the picture (laughs) that we used. Holy crap! There it is. Reddit.
1: Whoever's out there, send it to me. But they're crazy.
0: They're crazy. Like I, I teased them once where we were doing Belle Isle, and um, so it's a track in Detroit on the island. And I had uh the the, <laughs> the guys that went and collected the data and took a picture of this bench, and it was like all the wood had been like stolen from this bench, and it was just like a metal like it was like you, a, a park bench that was just metal and right. sitting there with no wood on it anywhere, and I thought it was hysterical. So I, I had zoomed in on it, and I took that, and I posted it, and I said, "Who can guess? You know what track we're scanning right, right. now?" Never thinking in a million years that they'd figure it out. Um, not even 12 hours later; they'd already figured out it was Belle Isle. Like they took pictures of the actual like same <laughs> table and bench that I had posted on social media. That's so. right.
1: You got to uh, the power of the internet will get you into. It. Do you go on the forums? Do you ever oh, go yeah. on? Every, every day.
2: That's yeah. actually probably half. The Fun. I you mean, know. you got the sim, but then you have the the forum community, and they're talking about sim racing, i racing, various you know cars and what tracks, and 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 they're talking about what they're doing and what they're experiencing with the sim. But they're also talking real world racing, and what's happening at the NASCAR race or right. at the Formula One race, or you know, and it's it's pretty eventful in the forums.
0: One of the things they like doing the most, um, I think you know about this. There's a picture that Dale and I took uh, with each other when we were... Uh, one of the times you came to visit. Yeah. And so I don't—I still don't know who it is. I have my... Hum- I, I, I think I know who it is. It's one of two or three guys that I, or do this. <laughs> but every track that we release, they take this picture of Dale and I and they hide us somewhere or in, in the track. track. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and I mean, or each track has hundreds of thousands yeah, of spectators, Right, right. 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 Yeah. And me and him will be in some of the weirdest places. Like at the first track... So, basically, we went outside and did this sort of pose like we're cheering. Yeah. Like all the other <laughs> fans will be in, in the sim when they create the track. And so, um, I don't even know what shirts we're wearing. So, but it's the Easter I, egg hunt.
0: Like like yeah.
2: But, anyhow, we – um,
0: We looked very young, though. I can tell you. Yeah. We got to update. <laughs> they, had had released <laughs> Phillip,
2: they had released Phillip Island <laughs> for the V8 Supercar series. Yeah. And they put us on a boat, <laughs> which is out in the water. <laughs> and it took them a while to find yeah. us. but it, Some I mean, of the tracks,
0: know. they haven't found us yet. Wow. Yeah. But they, there's an awesome thread in the forums, like just like that. That's just a perfect example about how passionate our customers are. Is like when a track gets released, the first <laughs> one of the first things this group of people do is to fly around and try to be the first ones to find that picture. Yeah,
2: <laughs> one of the greatest things about um, the forum and the community. For example, over the last uh, several months, I've been uh, getting into the virtual reality side of it with an Oculus, and. You know, as far as the settings and and the graphic settings and trying to pair that up with the Oculus and get the best experience, it's a, it's quite intimidating. But you can go on that forum and there's people on there that have spent a lot of time sort of working through cataloging this. Yeah. and working through how to get the best experience with in and, and the forum, that's how helpful they are. You know, they just go on there and they'll they'll print they'll they'll write out in a thread the entire process of what you need to do to give yourself the best experience. So that's what I love about it. So even when you get into some of the weeds or some of the tougher parts, or if you really want to go hardcore, uh, there the community is very very helpful in helping you sort of get through those those sort of uh, roadblocks and some of the tougher things when it comes to the hardware and the software. To, you know, if you really want to get that hard into it it, it, it it's real helpful.
1: Uh, so quick hitters. And maybe you can't, maybe it's like all your children you can't have a favorite favorite
0: car at a favorite track in I racing whatever this is the next car <laughs> oh know. the next so and it's it's kind of and, and i it's probably horrible, but this is the case that I mean I've been doing this for twenty years, so i you know I don't race as much as I used to and, right, and what I do enjoy doing is whenever we're working on a new car it's I'll load it up and I like to drive it. And, and and actually, one of the fr- the first track uh, I told Annette this, where she she's around here somewhere, uh, the first track I always take the car to is this track, New Hampshire Motor Speedway, and I do the South South Oval, especially if it's a road car, because I've done a thousand laps around this place in the real world. And so it, it has a special place for right, me, right. Uh, this track uh, in, in the road course here in particular, because it's where I, I first I saw my first race at Briar Motorsports Park. And, uh, you know, I, I came up here and raced with my dad. And, uh, you know, I've taken my girls, Madison and Macy, you know, to to the track. And mm-hmm. so this place just holds a special uh, place in my heart for me. And so this will always be one of my favorite tracks. And, and it's always the first place that I'll take the next car we're working on. You to, bring to it drive here. It. Yeah. How about you um
2: for me probably was the original late model stock car uh, they have a super late model as well now but I don't have a ton of time with that but the original super, uh, uh, the original late model stock car at, at short tracks like south Boston Lanier motor mile um, th- that's a lot of you know that just takes me kind of back to my roots uh, where I started racing and and so I really enjoy I'm that.
1: the street I, I'm a sucker for the street stock. I love it. Same I think it's the same reason. I grew up up here in New England. So I'll go to Thompson or Lee or and I'll take that street stock and I I know you think I'm kidding, but as a kid, I remember watching those cars work around like Lee Speedway. You get down to the 3 and there's that big patch and those bumps and that kind of and, and it's like I want to drive it. Like I never had a chance to drive it. So so that's I, his street stock. Oh, I, well, yeah. Well, it drives yeah. like crap. I think Just the street so you know, stock's the mine. The
2: late model yeah. stock car is ours. The original Xfinity car was ours. The original Cup COT was ours. Yeah. I don't board. know of anymore. That,
0: the street stock, actually, one of the guys that uh, works for us worked for Dale. He actually drove it. He drove Kevin Inerelli. He wrecked it. Right? He wrecked it. And then it ended up in the in the graveyard for a while. And yeah. then you pulled it out. We and We pulled it out and
2: restored it. and restored it. And then y'all
1: scanned
0: it. Well, yeah. TJ Majors isn't he the inaugural winner in the street stock? And TJ
2: drove in that street stock and won.
1: That's a so that's a great um, trivia question. The first ever driver to win for. What is now Junior Motorsports, right, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, TJ Major. TJ, really TJ okay. and on his, his head just oh, down. yeah, listen, if he hears this, <laughs> he's going to be good. Listen, I think we could go all night. Um, it's great. If you if you have never played, go on. It's simple. Download iRacing. Go check it out. Um, you start fixed setup, basically, Legend Cars is still the start for the yep. fixed setup, uh, which who knew those things are tough to drive. The yeah. straightaways yeah, I, are like – I had a laugh. So I said, man, these things are tough to drive, you know, straight up. So then my son went out to the Tuesday night races at Charlotte, and he's like, they're just like in the screen. They're like loose as crap off. And he goes, even down the straight, you better pay attention, Dad, because it dumps on the left front. Yeah. He goes, so you got to kind of like baby it down into the corner. So it, They're extremely he, realistic. That's why
0: we actually did his street stock because people were having so much difficulty driving the legends car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's not it's not as easy. The street and stock's entry. easier to drive. It's it bigger, heavier. So we f- we yeah. switched them. We we put the street stock in front of the legends car. So now you still have to go through the legends car at the rookie level, but at least you're starting with a, a, a car that's a little bit easier to drive when you first start.
1: Well, that's great. So this is uh, Steve Myers executive vice president, executive producer. I can't believe we didn't get into the producer conversation. I'll have to leave that for a whole another one. Uh, who knew you were, you were of that sort of level? Dale Jr., uh, co-host. We may never know. We might call you back. He was my iRacing expert, so he had it on with myself, Steve LaTarte, another episode of LaTarte on location from New Hampshire Motor Speedway. As always, it's available anywhere you get your podcast. Rate, review, and subscribe, and let us know what you thought.